Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower, hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims. Hybrid max powertrain engine delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even available safety features like an available panoramic view mirror and an available 12.3-inch multi-information display, so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Oh, no. The dawn, (laughs) the passing of time comes for everyone. 2000s basketball fans included as we celebrated just a ton of wonderful human beings being inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. We're going to discuss that uh, incredible headlining class of 2023, as well as continuing our division by division predictions with the Pacific Division on this episode with writer and recording artist Claire DeLune on today's episode. I'm Miles Gray. And I'm Jack O'Brien. And this is... Miles, Miles and Jack of Mel- Mel- Boosties. Davis, There you go. Embiid driving, spinning, fading, hitting! Curry, a three-pointer. Bang! Steph Curry from downtown again! Giannis with the tail. Oh, look out. showtime. What you got, Giannis? Oh, Claire DeLune. Welcome, writer for The Guardian. Your band, Tiny Death, has a new single coming out at the end of the month. And you have chosen to bless us on our podcast, Miles and Jack. I'm at Boosties. Thank you for coming. Um, man, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I haven't actually been on a podcast to talk basketball in several weeks now because oh. we're in that doldrums yeah. of the off season where everyone who works in the NBA universe is in like some tropical location with their phones on Do Not Disturb. So, yeah getting back in the swing of things yeah i haven't been paying any attention i haven't like looked at any news uh, i'm coming in fresh so i'm just opening up my uh yeah. updates oh, what is happening oh yeah news. Uh, it's a good time to take a vacation and oh, put your phone no. on do not disturb if you're a sixers fan yeah oh boy you just want to hop right in jack you want to rip the band-aid off or just a little banter <laughs> up top what do you say what should we do uh, <laughs> yeah i mean um I, th- I I thought that, oh, they're just going to bring him back and it's going to work out. Um, as I was mentioning on last week's episode and our guest was like, I don't think so. That doesn't usually work out with James Harden. Yeah. And so far, um, I was not feeling that. Yeah. Turns out doesn't, doesn't look, doesn't look good. Um, he does not appear to uh, want to play for the Philadelphia 76ers this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know who's going to trade for him. Uh, so I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. I, feel like Embiid, I feel like Embiid's most co- comfortable when like one of his top teammates is sitting out due to a contract dispute. Like that seems to be how <laughs> he likes to play. So I think right. maybe... This is all just, you know, getting him in his comfort Primed. spot. Prime for the yeah. season. Well, but did you right. guys see the go- see the latest goss on on Twitter involving Joel Embiid? That he oh, removed. Uh, yeah. yeah. Processing removed gone. Philly, Philly from the bio gone. And the process from his Twitter bio. So. Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't like the vibes in Philly. Huh? Why wouldn't he? How could he not? <laughs> um, 
very consistent. Such a consistent team, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. The process has been, it's been processing for, it's like a Dell. It's like a 2001 Dell yeah. computer. Yeah, it is hard to understand what Joel Embiid would be frustrated about. Um, for those of us who don't understand that somebody, there is a viral list going around of like just, you know, a rundown of what the 76ers have done each year, 2013 through the present. And they left out a lot of bad stuff on the (laughs) list. They, um, yeah, they like, so they covered, you know, traded 21 year old. A lot of this stuff predates my time as a Sixers fan. Um, but once you get into predates your pain, right. Yeah. Well, once you get it's into the 2016 era, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, that's what I remember. That was the beginnings of me watching you slowly begin to fade. Yeah, 2016. I mean, there were there were high highs and low lows, right? Like you guys were one game seven collapse away from the conference finals. Eastern conference here. finals, yeah. They they don't seem to want to get and there. And one though, Kawhi Leonard in improbable bounce away as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so. I'd forgotten about that. That's right. That did happen. <laughs> yeah. I oh, remember right. I remember Kawhi where I was when shot. I was watching that. I'm surprised that you as a Sixers fan that it's not like emblazoned in your memory in that way because I remember I was on my friend's couch. It was on I was on a trip and I was on my friend's couch visiting and I was like kind of reclined on the couch, like lying down. And when that shot started bouncing off the rim, I like leapt off the couch and I was just standing there watching it bounce like breath suspended and it yeah. was one of the craziest endings mm. to a game that i think i've ever seen in my life no then, I don't, it's not ringing any bells um <laughs> so 2016 <laughs> now i'm not gonna go down the list but here's what the here's what the list leaves out um so they, Which, they have so the, every year it's saying one decision one, one terrible so decision that or a terrible occurrence kicks for the off 2016 hired their advisor's son to run the team um, which, which gave us the line. It's a, it's a normal collar, find a new angle, yeah. uh, which we use a lot just in our, um, <laughs> just with Angela. um, 2017 number one pick loses the ability to shoot a basketball. Um, <laughs> Hate it 2018 GM trashed star player on Twitter under burner accounts, hired a new GM with no experience. Um, mm. That mm-hmm. that was the it's a normal caller find a new angle drama. Twenty nineteen traded Jimmy Butler. Twenty twenty fired coach hired Oof, new coach, rough. then hired new GM. Twenty twenty one star point guard demands trade. Twenty twenty two investigated for tampering. I didn't even remember that. Twenty twenty three star point guard demands trade. Um, they did leave out that their twenty sixteen number one pick also lost the ability to shoot. Uh, yeah. or or like kind of never had it or but just like play basketball in general. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um which that's wild. 2016 and 2017 number one picks both lost the ability to shoot is like <laughs> more more of a curse than anything that would make sense, you right. know. Um tw- the 2016 number one pick is a better shooter with his right hand but refuses to shoot with his right hand. Um <laughs> but the, the and then the 2017 pick that lost the ability to shoot a basketball they traded up away from trade from uh drafting jason tatum to get him so i just it's it's important to keep in mind that they are currently you know two very bad moves away from having jason tatum um jimmy butler joel Embiid, and whatever you could have gotten for Ben Simmons, like if they had just traded Ben Simmons instead of Jimmy Butler at that point, right. when it was like either Butler or Simmons, um, that was like the peak of Ben Simmons's like trade value. So yeah. Do you think it was like the stubbornness about like that the process was worth it that kept, cause that was kind of my interpretation was that Simmons and Embiid were sort of like the homegrown stars and sort of the products of the process and that the Philly fans had been so long suffering throughout this process that they wanted to say like, see, it was worth it. We got our two hallmark stars out of this versus catering to Jimmy Butler, who ultimately I think in retrospect was obviously the better choice, but was like they traded for him and he wasn't from there and he hadn't really expressed interest in staying there because when he was leaving Minnesota, the heat was actually his preferred destination 
at right. that time as well. Yeah, it might be a little pet to be like, they could have had Jimmy Butler because Jimmy right. Butler didn't seem that excited to stay. He might have less in free agency. Yeah, there there is some reporting that like he was like, the the thing that I don't want is to be on Ben Simmons' team. And they were like, well, Buster, well, you're out of here. Then. Well, the thing about Jimmy Butler that... So Jimmy is my... I don't know if you guys have ever like even scrolled my Twitter, you know, LeBron James is my favorite player of all time and currently, but my second favorite player is Jimmy Butler. And something I love about Jimmy is like when he doesn't get along with people and when he doesn't like people, it's because they don't, it's because of one thing. It's because they don't grind hard enough. They don't have like his work ethic and they don't approach the game in that way. Um, And I feel like, so that was like the issue that he had with Carl Anthony Towns. That was the issue that he had with Ben Simmons. And I kind of respect that because I feel like he, the people he ends up having issues with are these guys who were like super high draft picks, like physically gifted, who maybe don't have to like put forth quite as much effort into their game in order to be successful. Obviously, everybody has to put forth effort to be successful in the NBA. Like it's a very small sample size of human beings who get to play at that level. Yeah. But I think that's something that people that Jimmy butted heads with have in common is that they just weren't they weren't like dogs in that way. Like they weren't willing to like get their hands dirty. And I think that's why the heat was always going to be such a great fit for him is because Pat Riley has like a zero tolerance policy for players like that. So no one's going to survive in Miami with or without Jimmy Butler, without that mentality. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's, it is hard to be this physically gifted and, you know, maintain a a strong work work ethic. uh, I've found. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You took it for granted, man. You took it for granted. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it does. It just does feel like they've had to work to get themselves, like, to dodge really great players <laughs> in a couple yeah, instances. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating. It is kind of fascinating. And, like, they're always at the center of the NBA news cycle drama somehow. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of amazing, especially when you think of, like, they kind of dodged a bullet in a way with, like, they the way they went out, I thought at the end of this past season was like quite embarrassing because they really had it like in that game six. Um, mm, yeah. And then, so, but the Celtics found a way to like the go Celtics, out in like a right. more embarrassing okay. fashion so that it kind of buried that in the news cycle. Like how did you, how, like how did the Celtics fumble that Eastern conference finals? But then the Sixers were like, hold my beer. We're right back at it in the news cycle and we're going to be at the center of the drama again before you know it. And the Celtics are just kind of like quietly figuring out what to do about Christos Porzingis planner fascia or whatever. So yeah, Yeah. I don't know. A lot like the process stuff gets a lot of attention, but their other philosophy as an organization, all press is good press doesn't get as much, but it's definitely important to how they run things and they just, like to be messy and uh, get as much ink as possible. I feel like it's relevant for me to say on the record that I do love Daryl Morey because he's a fan of my band and has been quite supportive of my music. <laughs> so so um, he didn't lie to you about so liking team, your band. Team Daryl Morey in the Daryl Morey versus James Harden. Actually, honestly, Team Daryl Morey in general in this scenario because I feel like the hubris of James Harden to be like, because clearly he's just mad. Daryl, it sounds like, I don't know, I wasn't there. This isn't like, I'm not reporting anything, but it sounds like maybe there was some sort of like gentleman's agreement about right. a longer contract extension if he agreed to take a pay cut last year and that didn't end up happening. But it's like, hey, James, maybe that didn't end up happening because you were of no show in the most important moments of the playoffs again. And they yeah. realized that they could not pitch their wagon to you in good conscience. Like if you showed up in big moments, you're one of the most talented NBA players of all time. Like the bag would be getting thrown at you still, but you fall apart when it really matters. And so I think it's like, I'm like number one player empowerment. Like I feel like the players should have the power. They are the talent. They are the reason any of us have a job. But at the end of the day, like you have to show up in the big moments if you want the big paycheck. Like that is the correlation. And they'll give you the benefit of the doubt for a season, maybe two seasons. But James Harden, like year in, year out, in the absolute biggest moments, has found a way to be a no-show, regardless of how much of an MVP season he's had in the regular season, regardless of how well he's played in the first or second round, even. So, yeah, sorry, is, dude. Which like, is no why one's gonna want to pay you. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, where do you go? Like, given all that, too. Literally, you know, like, like I was trying to think of that today. I was like, what team would be? Because it's. This is this is the issue with a lot of these unhappy superstars that demand trades is like 
it has to be a team that's good enough that they're right. willing to mortgage their future to try and win now, but not so good that they have assets that they're not willing to give up, which is like, I would say maybe like two to three teams total for any superstar. Like that's in that little sweet spot of like, we think we have a chance, but we clearly need like a James Harden level talent to get us over the hump. That's like not very many teams. Right. Um, and if a team is trying to tank, they don't want to bring in big talent and they don't want to give up draft picks to do it. And if a team is really in the championship hunt, they don't really need to like roll the dice. Yeah, it's a risk. A player like James Harden, who's so mercurial and might, you know, be unhappy before the trade deadline. Yeah. I love that euphemistic so, use of mercurial to describe him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's, yeah, he's just, he's he's in that, I feel like we were looking at this exact same scenario when Kyrie was demanding out of, a trade out of Brooklyn last year. It's like h- how many teams were in that sweet spot of being like, we need Kyrie Irving services. We're in, we're in desperate need of a talent that big and we're willing to mortgage our future to do it. And it doesn't really matter what the long-term implications are. And I feel like Dallas was kind of one of the only teams in that spot where it's like, Luca is going to demand a trade within the next one to two seasons. If we don't figure out a way to get him some help and also we're pretty good already and it's worth trying, you know? Right. Um, I don't know what that team does is for James Kyrie Harden right for now. Does Harden make sense? Like, just, it does make sense for anyone, but, like, just because the Sixers need to get it, like, he, he won't play for them? Does, like, would he be a better fit than Kyrie in Dallas? I mean, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know how bad the Kyrie in Dallas situation is, and I know... I think something that a lot of times NBA fans when they're trying to predict this stuff underestimate is like the egos of the people in charge of making the trades. Yeah. And they are really, really reticent to admit defeat when they made a bad decision. And I think signing Kyrie was obviously they didn't even make the playoffs slash play in tournament last year. So I think that has, has not panned out to be as what they hoped it would be. I think it usually takes another full season before they're willing to admit that was right. a bad idea. Because they did give up a lot to get him. Yeah. Um, not necessarily in like current. They gave up, you know, future stuff. They gave up, I think, was Dinwiddie in that trade? Um, yeah, I think he was. Yeah. So, yeah. and I mean, yeah. So they gave up quite a bit. And I think they're, they, it's, it takes more than you would think for these very like stubborn GMs to be like, oh yeah, my bad. Let me fix that real quick. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. I think it takes, it takes a lot. It usually takes at least a full season. Right. Or well, a Cuban seems like a down to down to earth guy, so I don't know. We'll, we'll oh yeah, 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 yeah. From what I've seen um, on Shark Tank. Yeah, no. Uh, as super producer Jabari said, you, we should have just put the ether beat under uh, what you just said about James Harden. Um, <laughs> it was hurtful, but I think Seventy uh, Sixers fans need need to hear it. Yeah. And come to terms with it. Yes. Um, it is what it is. You know. Tis. Tis it's what it is. What is. Um, well, where has you, who has better strip club? Philly or Dallas? Oh, that's a great question. I feel like question. that's a factor that we should be including as well. Let me get my spreadsheet out yeah. here real quick. Um, yeah. Jack, yeah. Yeah, where's that USB thumb drive you have on your keychain <laughs> that you plug those in? Southern, with those Southern girls, you know, they're well yeah. fed. Yeah. Yeah. They, look, yeah. they look good in a thong. I mean, so. but also you think like Portland, Can't like per capita, that. that's also like the epicenter of concentration of adult uh, of strip clubs too. I feel too, like so. if Portland vibes, though. somehow traded Damian Lillard for James Harden, <laughs> there would be riots. There yeah. would be riots. Oh, yeah. I can't think He's of He's got a beard, just like all of you people. Yeah, exactly. Look around. Flannel, yeah. Put him on a fixed gear bike, he'll blend right in. Exactly. <laughs> He's, yeah, he's he's late for his shift at what at Powell's books later. Come on. I mean, would be a miracle for, for Philly, I would say, because Daryl Morey, like Damian Lillard is Daryl Morey's white whale. He's been trying to get Damian Lillard since at least since the Ben Simmons James Harden times, um, yeah. maybe longer. So, I mean, I think Daryl would be thrilled with that, but I can't imagine a scenario in which Portland does that unless there's like a ton of draft capital that Philly has that I'm not privy to. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. That's, that's for the fantasy books for sure. Yeah. Um, Although maybe, I mean, I don't know, Max, I don't know. They probably wouldn't throw in Max. No, nah, I feel like, cause I feel like the fans, you see Max is like a franchise player, right? They can't, you can't 
I know, but part ways with him. You understand how much Daryl loves Damian Lillard, like. <laughs> that yeah, man. I mean, and we'll also, see. We'll t- will it the test other thing, the minutia of these trades, right, is like, to like as we were talking about, like it's about where you're at as a franchise. It's not just about like the pieces on the board in general. It's about the context in which they exist, which is like, how likely are you to win right now? What's at stake? And for Philly, I mean, if Joel is kind of like making overtures that he's threatening to also demand a trade. Like the pressure's on if you're going to keep Joel Embiid. I mean, that's another conversation. Like, do you even want to mortgage your future for Joel Embiid? Is it worth it? He hasn't really shown up in big moments either, to be honest. So, yeah, I'm having trouble breathing right now, but uh, <laughs> I'm so I sorry. Think, we can move on. <laughs> uh, I think he'll be no. Yeah, I, I think his Apple Watch just... is going off. It's like, are you having some kind of heart? <laughs> you just fall some down condition? a long You're in a very contentious environment. It's like, I didn't even know it had that setting. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you are getting... Remove fo- yourself. Sir, are you... Um, you're very unhappy. Cooked? Your unhappiness yeah. ratings are through the roof right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I don't know. It, it does seem like they don't really have a move at this point. It does... It, it's also wild that Harden went as public as he did with that demand because it like makes it harder for them to deal him right right it's so one of those I, awkward videos i've ever seen too because like these he was in china right yeah so like the, the chinese kids are just like we're so happy you're here and they're, yeah. he's just, daryl mori is a liar you're like what? as like unwitting pawns <laughs> in this like public yeah. meltdown and i'm just like that's so can you just do that like can you just call malika andrews and have a sit down if you want to like air that you have to bring these innocent children into the equation like they're just trying to be in a basketball camp dude i, I saw i mean he's having fun in china i saw that clip of him sell ten thousand bottles of wine in like 40 seconds like on tiktok or whatever and he's like, i mean oh. maybe he should go play in china then <laughs> if he's having such a good time see what kind of value we can get back <laughs> should we- should we break or should we hit the Hall of Fame talk first? Uh, let's take a quick break. Yeah, and we'll come back okay. and talk about a, an all-timer Hall of Fame class, Hall of Fame ceremony. With we'll some be right heartwarming back. moments. Fine. Finally. You need a vehicle that can meet your family's needs, and Toyota has you covered. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander never makes you choose between passengers and cargo. You can fit both with ease. With three spacious rows and available seating for up to eight, and legroom that makes even long trips comfortable. With Grand Highlander's available 362 horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, you can be confident you have the power, acceleration, and efficiency needed for almost any adventure your family can cook up. And you'll get where you're going in style with a modern, spacious cabin that's perfect for both play dates and date nights. Impressive tech upgrades take the new Grand Highlander to the next level, including available safety features like an available panoramic view mirror and an available 12.3-inch multi-information display so you always arrive on time. Don't just live life. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. 
And we're back. And over the weekend, you know, we had the Hall of Fame class inducted, the headliners, Dirk Powell, Tony Parker, D Wade, Pop, Becky Hammond. It was just it was just uh, it was a wonderful moment, I think, for fans of a certain age, especially for me. I was just like, wow, like in a way, it didn't make me feel old. I felt like proud of them, like as if I was oh, their I like so older sibling. Like, there you go. I love to see it. Uh, there were some fantastic moments. Um, mm -hmm. should, there was a moment in Dirk's speech where he's just, you know, just handing some some roses over to Steve Nash. Uh, that I think was also fantastic because he he did take that moment to to talk about their hairstyles. So let, let's hear from that one. Um, creativity is worth nothing without leadership, and um, the guy that comes to my mind is my friend uh, Steve. Um, <laughs> I mean, it would have been awkward if he said anyone else because Steve Nash was sitting right there. I think we came a long way from those two brutal haircuts we saw there. You had uh, the, the, the frosted tips you had. Uh, but, uh, frosted tips. You know, who would have thought when we first started to play together that we'll be on the stage together? That is, means the world to me, and you were a great role model to me and, 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 and the best teammate I ever had. So uh, you were always positive, you always encouraged me. We worked our butts off at night, went back to the gym, so, and, and you became a friend for life. So thank you, my friend. Mm. Oh, just watching two, two greats broing down like that. <laughs> Love a good bro down. Yeah, Steve the, Nash is very shiny these days, I've noticed. That's my one. He's getting some sun, you know? Yeah. He's getting sun, a good tan. Botox. More yeah. soccer, probably, you know, just out there on the pitch. Allegedly. No. <laughs> this did raise the question to me of like where their haircuts, because their haircuts were pretty bad. Like Nash, when he first came into the league for a long part of his career, he had that like stringy, like guy who smokes weed on the soccer team look, you know, which was probably the early like 2000s were pretty right rough, on. rough time for male hairstyles, yeah. I would say in general. Totally. A lot of swoopy side, you know, like yeah. long things going on a lot of like skunky highlights and dark hair there was like again frosted tips to dirk's point there was it was rough it was a rough time yeah dirk had like a middle part right like he looked yeah. like he he had the middle part at a dave matthews band concert exactly kind of. and then steve yeah. nash looked like he was like a lance bass oh like look alike I wish from long distance wow you guys could see the photo we're looking at right now With they look like drafted. they look like members of backstreet boys and then that's yeah. not hyperbole. They, like the they, ones that didn't make it, though. Yeah. Like Lou Pearl. I don't was know. Like, I don't know about them, too, actually. Have you actually looked at, like, <laughs> photos of, like, boy band members at the time, though, in retrospect? Because no. they were, some of them are really, like, I'm yeah. like, you were hot enough to be in a boy band? Like, Chris Kirkpatrick. I think Chris Kirkpatrick, early Chris Kirkpatrick and Sync. Uh, Look at like, that guy. Like, yeah. Look at him. Back in the heyday when he had, like, the weird ass. He looks like the, the guy from braids. Counting Crows. Oh, Adam Durwitz? Come on. Yeah. The goat, he does. the goat, the goat, the goat had it locked goat. up like Jamaican hair. Come on now. <laughs> I remember reading an article, like waiting for the dentist once in like one of those tabloids about like all the hot celebrity women that Adam Duritz has dated. Yeah. And oh, he got to give got, it up. Yeah. No, I it's mean, really when, for the love of the game. He's just out here. It's, it's when you theoretical him. physicists are still trying to explain what happened there. They are. Yeah. Oh, 100%. But then, like my dating life as well. Actually, they're still on the case. <laughs> a lot of white dudes with dreads, huh? <laughs> oh my like, god! Oh no! <laughs> Absolutely not! Absolutely not! Absolutely not! Not with a ten foot pole, my friend. But I mean, I guess speaking of uh, some interesting haircuts. Oh, I thought you were going to say speaking of your dating. Life. <laughs> no, we've got someone on the phone right now. Like, look at Vlad Rad when he yeah, was rocking these like, through, like micro where they, braids. Where did this rank? Because there was some okay. bad things happening. That top yeah. one is giving uh, um, Millie Vanilli. Yeah, oh, Vladimir Rodmanovich had like tiny little braids. Um, All these references are are aging me so hard, by the way. Like Backstreet Boys and Millie Vanilli. It's like, I'm not hey, Gen Z. And, and I'm over I've here outed, like... I've outed myself. I'm going still, further back. <laughs> yeah, I still remember where I was the first time I saw Andre Karolinko when he like stopped using gel. Yeah, like he because he just went. He was like straight Drago with like the spike for most of his career, and then he like came back and his hair was like very soft and like just feathery and hot. Take like, that's kind of a look. Like I feel like he looks like he could be on the OC or something. In this 
picture in okay. this version but at the time i was like what is he an oasis or something like that yeah, like, it's kind it, of yeah. A vibe. i don't it's know it's very gallagher it. a it's gallagher the best brother so far it's the best one so not that like, there's stiff competition at but first it was this picture is not doing it justice because right now like this the picture badness or the goodness like how not bad doing, it was okay. how bad it was because he like had a fade with a spike and then like one game he just like his hair was just forward and it just for for whatever reason it was around the time that like his game started like tapering off a little bit i feel like it, austin reeves hair kind of looks like that right now actually we kind of grew it out for team usa yeah, yeah. it's yeah. definitely yeah it's like it's it's like wavy floppy, dude thin. he's wavy dude he's way he's in his wavy you know era right now i think and yeah. you mean wavy as like a figurative term not like his hair is wavy. no yeah Quite so straight. obviously i use yeah. that in like okay. the young kids version like, yeah oh he's mm. wavy again you know I, I, mean? I already told you i'm a millennial i don't know i don't know Me i'm not too. up on this i'm plane. a geriatric millennial but i know how to fit in with them kids you know what i, I mean am hello Gen fellow Z. kids so, hello yeah, yeah with my music band t-shirt uh and then obviously you know like i mean i hate Oof. to do this to our boy but late stage caruso you know, so glad he also, came home. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was exactly. Time. It was beyond it was. time. It was. Even late stage Chris Kamen was also a, a very interesting hairstyle. But anyway, that was. Let's get back to another heartwarming moment. Dwayne Wade. Uh my oh god. Oh my god! I literally cried. I cried my eyes out. I cried too, but that's only because his dad's hairline is so strong. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. That's why I was in tears. But also the father son dynamic was also touching. We had the same exact dream. And hairline. And we carry the same exact name, Dwayne Tyrone Wade. To know we hustle all the way to the Basketball Hall of Fame is God's will. So, Pops, I know your knees are a little sore, but will you join me on stage as we take our rightful step into basketball heaven? I mean... It's this next part. It's the next part. Uh. This one right here. This one is for my father. I love you. And I'm thankful for you. Uh. I oh my love God. you too, man. We in the Hall of Fame, dog. Ah. <laughs> Iconic. Okay, this was so <sighs> touching and moving that my mom, who knows nothing about basketball, and is on a completely different part of Twitter. Like, texted me and was like, who is this? This least. was so beautiful. Yeah. Like, And I'm like, yeah, mom, that's Dwayne Wade. Um, literally Hall of Famer Dwayne Wade, as evidenced by the video. Yeah. Like, one of the most famous shooting guards of all time. Oh, my but goodness. But she, she doesn't give a bleep about what I do. Oh, well. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. It's what I do. Oh, sure, sure. But this father-son relationship was really something else. Yeah. And then finally, Becky Call Hammond. Dude, this was another one where it was like, in its minimalism, made it so touching when Becky Hammond is like, oh you know, my gosh, wants it was, to the look send, on Pop's face was what did it oh, for me. When when she's like, I can't look at you, and he even he was like, I can't even look at you right now either. Yeah, oh, you know, so it was so beautiful. But here, let I let's let them talk for themselves. Pop, I'm not gonna look at you. Oh, that's oh that part gosh. when he looked. Oh down. my gosh. Uh, he Mona looks Lisa like smiled. a little Mona boy. Oh, oh my god! Oh, seeing Pop get emotional is like the world is off its axis. Like it's oh, just yeah. so intense. If I was an actor, I'd use that to motivate myself to cry in real life. One hundred percent. Man of principle and excellence. I know you weren't trying to be courageous when you hired me, but you did do something nobody else in professional sports has ever done. Oh, and her voice breaking too as she's trying to get yeah. to the sentence. And Becky Hammond, she is such a like They're legend. Both so tough. Like, yeah. To to see them both get so emotional is like I think part of it. Like I wonder if someone who doesn't follow the NBA as closely as we do, like watching that video, would be as moved by it because I think part of it is the context of like these are two of the toughest, most like unshakable, unmovable characters. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. So. Pop especially, because I mean, like, I'm, I'm like, can he be my like parental figure? I like every time he talks, like, I can't, I hang on to every word, and like, yeah, when you see some, when you see him be moved, you can't help but understand how like monumental that is. Just yeah, like you're saying, 100%. in the context of who they are and how typically like unflappable they are, you know. Mm -hmm. Jack, what was which one? Which one of those three got you? The hardest. The the pop one was a lot. It was a lot. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, just like him looking down, watching people like try not to cry. Well, yeah. you know, is like oh there's some, there's something about that. Well, and that also was just, Dwayne Wade's dad. He was trying not to cry. You could tell. Oh yeah. yeah. His bottom like all lip his was neck like muscles quivering. Were like, oh my gosh. <laughs> holding yeah. it in. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. I'm just like sobbing on my yeah. couch, yeah. just like ugly crying, gasping for breath. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. Because yeah. Pop, giving. like usually what goes viral with Pop is him being like, is that really your question? That's, that's yeah. really where you're going to go you with. Know, have you guys that. ever and been an oppressor with him? No. Um, constantly. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. No, never. We're not oh. taken very seriously. We're kind yeah. of a silly podcast. I, he, I was in a press conference uh, that he did last season and it was like super, super, super small because like, the, I don't know, the visitors team press conference room at Staples is actually quite small. Like, I'm sure it's like the size of whatever rooms you guys are in right now, respectively, like, <laughs> right. like a little office. And everyone was late to the press conference. So just me and one other person were in there waiting for it to start. And Pop was just like, so you guys got like five questions each or whatever? Because like apparently no one else is coming and was just like riffing. And I was just like, I am having a lucid experience. Like this is crazy. Like yeah. Popovich is like roasting me right now. Like, right. This is the best thing that's ever happened. Oh, uh, yeah. I can I can only imagine. I would, I think I would just be like, Pop? There's a, <laughs> there's a meme that we share like on one of our threads for another show we work on of a little otter holding a guitar looking so happy. Uh, and I don't know if that's really for nobody except Jack and some of our friends, but I would have been the <laughs> otter holding know the guitar. The little otter guitar. Do you know the otter holding the guitar, Claire? Um, I don't think I do. Oh, it's you this simply one. Simply must. You have. You lived. simply must. This one. Oh my! Well, you guys have seen otters holding hands, right? The video. Yeah. 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 yeah it's like yeah. my favorite video of all time. So that's <laughs> my comfort <I'm>, video. One hundred percent. This okay, is so well, cute. He's like, hi. I just. I don't know if you're busy, but I just brought yeah. this guitar. Right, right. Okay. You just showed up at your house and you were like, sorry, I don't have time to hang out. She was like, oh, no, it's okay. We're good. Uh, sh shall we feast our eyes upon uh, what the betting crew says about the performances of next season for the Pacific yeah, Division? Yeah, the Pacific Division yeah. over under interesting. You know what I was thinking, too, when Jabari sent me the kind of rundown that we were going to be talking about the Pacific Division? Do you guys remember a band called, or like a rap group called Pac Div? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. I, I was like, whatever happened to Pac Div? Like, they, they were great. I remember seeing them play at like a block party in like probably 2012. Or something. Right. Yeah, I I don't know what happened. I mean, it was Shout out to Pac they Div, had their moment. You are. Yeah, Pac Div, let us know. I mean, obviously, yeah, being an LA kid, we were we we loved our Pac Div out here. They're the great. young ones. And this episode with the episode description for this will probably light up their Google Google alerts because it'll <laughs> oh, say yeah. we're doing the Pac Div. So um, come through, come through. Hi. Uh, yeah. Who do you want to start with? The Suns? Yeah, I, guess? I mean, the, this is a pretty stacked division, but it. So, so the Suns are where they have like the most improvements happening. Um, the last year they were forty-five and thirty-seven. This year they have them. They're over under at fifty-two and a half. Um, that seems like a lot. That's a big jump. That's a big but, jump. I mean, I guess they're looking at the you know full season with KD. But. Right, Beal coming in. You got you know my boy Utah coming in. We got Big Frank in the building. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll How do you guys feel about the Bradley Beal thing? I'm, I, I think it, like I, I don't know. I, I feel like it could go well, but I, it doesn't feel like the safest move to me. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm confused by the faith that people keep because this happened when I remember when it's like how quickly people forget, but when the KD trade first happened, even they were like, yeah. "Oh, Suns are the favorites to come out of the West," like they could win the championship this year, even though Katie got there and literally sprained his ankle, like before he even played a, a game with them and or a home game. And I'm just like, have we not watched this movie before? Like teams take time to build chemistry and it's about, it's just as much about having some depth as it is having like those couple of superstars. Yes, you do. You can't have one without the other. Like you can't get to, you can't get past the first round of the playoffs without a superstar. I, I really do believe that. Like, it, it doesn't have to be the best player in the league, but you need at least one, ideally two superstars to make any kind of run in the playoffs because teams can, they're giving you their best. They're game planning against you. You have to have someone who can just be like, when all of the plans disintegrate, put the ball in their hands and they will just make magic happen. Like, you need one of those players. That being said, you also need 
a bench full of role players who know their role are willing to stick to it and execute it and play defense and do all the dirty work that the aforementioned superstar is not going to have like the energy or space to do. And I feel like teams keep just focusing on column A and completely disregarding column B. But if you look back through who the last few champions were, even in just like the last four or five years, it's that formula. Like I know, like I was, this was my biggest qualm with the Lakers. I was like rioting when they traded for Russell Westbrook. Yeah two years after their championship. So I was like, even in the best case scenario of that, right? Even if Russ had like done what he said he was going to do, which is like change basically his entire game to fit into the system with LeBron and AD, you traded away all of what made you win that championship, which is this like very deep bench that was full of like very hard nosed defenders who knew their role and were willing to stick to it. I worry about that with the Suns because I don't know like who on that team who are like the dirty work players that are going to like show up for you in the playoffs when, you know, I know that having Beal, Booker and Katie and not having to get rid of Aiton obviously is huge in that. Um, I just, I don't, personally, I'm not as threatened by them. I wouldn't be as threatened by them if I was say like the Nuggets or even like the Warriors or the Lakers or whatever, as the rest of the league seems to be. They're not heavy favorites to me. They're like in the mix. They're for sure in the mix. So you take in the under? You, you think they're going to be the game total? 52 and a half is what they think. And a half. Oh, no, I feel like they'll win 52 and a half games. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess yeah. I was forgetting that they only had KD for half of the season. Yeah. When I yeah. Was thinking no, I think they'll yeah. win. They'll probably win they'll, that many. I think they'll win that many games. But my thing is like to what yeah. end is right. more. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, th- this just made me realize how stacked the Pacific division is the in terms of like how insane. interesting it is. Like right. the Warriors, their over-under is 48 and a half. Last year they won 44. That's a lot of improvement for just like adding Chris Paul. Well, but but Andrew Wiggins and Steph Curry both missed a ton of time last year. Right. So, so that makes sense. if they're both healthy this year, that's at least four more games, I think. Speaking of if they're both healthy this year, the Clippers, they have winning more, uh, three more games than last season. Have or, not. What, what? Like, I'm confused by Hit the why. under on that. Yeah. Well, that I seems... don't know what the Clippers, like, who whose mom the Clippers have, like, hiding in a closet somewhere, <laughs> like, that they can get the media to just predict they're going to win the championship every single year, regardless of the fact that, like, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have not both been healthy or either have been healthy. For like right. any time and like what what has it been now? Like five years mm, that they've yeah. been there? Yeah. Have they done one full complete postseason with both of them healthy? No. Like I, I just don't I don't get it. I don't yeah. understand what miracles they think are gonna happen. I understand that they, they both have an incredibly high ceiling, especially Kawhi. Kawhi, when he's playing to the best of his capabilities, is maybe the best player in the NBA. Like he I know, is that's what's so wild. Incredible. Like, he was but so he good never... in that first game in the playoffs. But that's right. it. And that's yeah. the Clippers experience to me in a nutshell in the yeah. Kawhi Leonard era is like flashes of greatness. But as we know, flashes of greatness do not a championship make. Yeah. Like you need someone you can depend on. And the playoffs are so physical and they're so gritty and they you have to take so much physical contact as a superstar in the playoff. Like, I mean, Kawhi's not, LeBron's age, but he's not in his twenties anymore. No, like yeah. I just I don't I don't see it. And Paul George has had how many surgeries now and how many like I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't see it. Yeah. I mean it's like especially when like all your all your hopes and dreams hinge on these two players, like you're saying, that just aren't gonna really appear when the time is needed. So it's funny to watch like yeah, yeah like Clippers fans just being like I just sort of dejected. I have one friend who's like, doesn't matter, they don't play. I'm just embracing yeah. the chaos of whatever this season's going to be. And I'm like, oh, okay. So that's, you're hopeful. And they're like, well, yeah, maybe you like, cause you know, Russ has a good mindset. And I'm like, oh, really? Now? Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> okay. Well, off you go. Uh, but off we go to Sacramento to check out the Kings. Uh, they won 48 last season. They're saying 44 and a half right now. So this is just basically that regression. was as well as this team can do, and there will be like a the rever- regression thinking? to the mean. Yeah, because yeah. it doesn't it doesn't really make sense. They have the same team coming back, and uh, they have them losing or uh, winning four fewer games. I would hit the over on that. I mean, I understand they're in a really tough division. I understand that you know, like some of the other teams are getting better. Like the Lakers will certainly win more games this year than they did last year. Oh yeah. I don't think that's like spoiler alert. I don't think that's like a huge prediction. But no, I do think that like. As we saw with the Nuggets, we have a habit in the media and also as fans 
getting really excited when big names go somewhere and yeah. expecting that to be a huge impact on winning and also really underestimating teams that have continuity, that are balanced, that have good coaching. And those teams do really well. And the, the, one of those teams just won a freaking championship. So yeah. I think that the Kings are absolutely going to go over 44 games. Yeah, That's yeah, and I think De'Aaron Fox is going to go up like nine levels this season too. He Just, was already so good. Yeah. And I mean, the Warriors were, had a lot of flaws, and we saw that obviously in the next round against the Lakers. But they were the defending champs, and they looked, for the most part, really unafraid during that series. And it was all of their first times being in the playoffs, all the key players. Yeah. Um, and De'Aaron Fox went toe to toe with Steph Curry for yeah. seven games, and yeah. was a and through a hand injury. Yeah. you know for part of it so yeah i absolutely think that that's i think that's a little disrespectful honestly yeah of a prediction I'm, for the king i'm like i'm such like a like stealth kings fan like as a lakers fan but i'm just like i, I really i really they love were seeing so, them. i wrote a piece on them last year kind of breaking down like how did they turn it around from being like the laughing stock of the nba to like one of like the most exciting teams in the league and they really kind of just, they have all of the components, like all of the ingredients and a recipe that goes into like a successful NBA franchise. They have a great coach. They have a good balance of vets and young players. Mm -hmm. They have an emerging superstar in De'Aaron Fox. Um, so yeah, I, I have a lot of faith in them actually. And lastly. And, yeah, lastly, this one. <laughs> certainly was, not leastly. We agree the Lakers are going to win more games than they did last year. Um, they have them winning 47 and a half. Like that, that's the over on last year when they spotted the rest of the league, a 12 game head start, uh, they <laughs> right. were 43 and 39. Like yeah. It, it's wild. Like, I know that sometimes I'll be, I'll like look at the last half of the previous season and be like, Whoa, they were amazing. Like the, their record was incredible during that. Like, so that's what they're going to be bringing into this. And like that rarely works out that way. Um, but this still feels yeah, low. I would still go over on that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, like this is a public team, so it feels like you know it's a team that like people bet on more. So it's it's wild that they're going so low on it. Yeah, and all the moves like we're we're younger and bigger, and I just it yeah, it's hard for me to see. Like you only think we're gonna go up, we're gonna win four more games, but again, yeah. again, it's also like where do what where do AD and LeBron fit into all this too, and how how much how much can we get out of those bodies this season? Let me break down why I think that that's super wrong and they're going to win substantially more games than that okay reason let's number go. one i do i think if their roster as currently constructed or as constructed during the playoffs was their roster all year last year i think they would have been like the four seed in the west yeah. i think yeah i think I they agree. were like the west was a pretty weak conference last year all things considered and you know i think that they were right up there with the best teams in the west and they were the best team in the west as far as record goes after the trade deadline. They won the most games in the West after yeah. the trade deadline. So that's one thing. The other thing is people forget LeBron and AD both missed a lot of time last year. Like yeah. they were both injured for a month plus each. So that win total is considering a way worse roster and even factoring in that safety net of like, what if LeBron and AD missed time? Yeah. So I just don't, unless one of them misses the whole season, knock on wood, like I just don't see a scenario in which them both missing time and this roster being so much better. And also Austin Reeves, you know, taking another leap now in yeah. Team USA over the year. He's like, he's looking like the best player on the floor for Team USA right now in a lot of these games. So I really don't see, I think their, their over-under should be at least like on par with the rest of the good teams in the West. Maybe besides yeah, like, like the Nuggets, but. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, what, how do you, th I mean, just looking at LeBron and, you know, the, like, wh where where do you see him? Like, what's this next iteration of him we're going to see this season? How do you see that coming together? I mean, I think LeBron is aware that this is, I would say, I don't think it's, um like, controversial to say that this is the last chance that he has to win a ring, as at least as in the role he currently has, which is, like, the first or second best player on a team. I mean, mm -hmm. I think if there's any more rings in his career after this year, it's probably going to be if he does the like veteran leadership role on a team that's already really good and takes like a smaller contract, which I just, I don't really see happening because like I don't think he really needs a ring bad enough to do that. I think he'd rather just retire than kind of take on that role. So I think he's aware that this is kind of like his last real chance last year was, I think that's why he was so upset about 
what ended up happening in the Western Conference Finals last year is that last year was like they had a really good shot to win a championship against all odds last year. Um, they were right there with the Nuggets within like probably like a three to eight point differential for every game, even though they got swept. I mean, I'm yeah. not trying to say like, you know, that there are like any moral victories, but they were right there in those games. And that was the conference finals. And you saw who came out of the East. It was the Miami Heat. It was an eight seed. So like they really could have, I think, potentially won a championship last year. And I think he's that really upset him because he knows how close he is to the end of his career and how few chances he has like that left. So I think this year, I think he's going to leave it all on the floor this year. I think he knows like this is the, this yeah. is the chance. You know? it, was, it was just, was that he, that altitude was hurting him because he's old and altitude hurts the, I think he's been spending the off season training at altitude. That would be my, my guess. And he's going to be ready for him next year. I just made that up. In some um, sort of altitude chamber instead yeah. of like a hyperbaric yeah, so chamber. This, if this, anybody this, has it. Have the air pressure turned up. To right. That's his MJ lifting weights after the the Pistons gave him that business. Basically. <laughs> I love that. That's all MJ did. He was like, "Wait a second, oh, you I need can to lift, lift weights." Weight? Yeah, he's <laughs> like, "Oh, that. now I got some for you over there in Detroit." <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm. I, it was a little bit difficult to watch him become look more mortal uh, towards the end of the last yeah. season. But uh, but again, I know how how much talent and ability is is contained within him. So like, I'm again. I think like last year, I was even like, "Hey, we put number eighteen up." Even with the Russell Westbrook lineup, I'll always go into the season with that kind of uh, yeah. disturbed confidence. But <laughs> I, 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 I really would like. But this was a time when I'm like, okay, I want like I'm really I LeBron. Like, let me see, let me see you get smarter and just like give it, give it, give it to us now because this is the time. I mean, that first half of Game Four was, I, I was there. I was at that game, and mm. like that was one of the craziest things I've seen in person like in a basketball game was what he did in the first half of that elimination game. Like he wanted that one so bad. And if, if literally anyone else on the Lakers roster had showed up in that game in any meaningful way on the stat sheet, they would have won that game. Like it was right there, you know? So I think it was so much closer than it would seem based on the fact that it was a sweep. I know. Yeah. That's the thing is that's why I say, I, I understand that there's no moral victories, but I do feel like it wasn't a sweep in the sense of like, it was usually a sweep. When you watch a sweep, you're like, okay, one of these teams is clearly worlds better than the other one. And it's not close. And like, let's just put them out of their misery in four games and move on. This was like two teams that were, I think quite close and how good they were. And I think basically the difference was the bench. Like the difference was, I think the nuggets just had more to get them over the hump when it came to those like single possession moments at the end of the games. And they had people like KCP showing up and they had yeah. people like Michael Porter Jr. or Aaron Gordon one game. Like each of their role players had one game that was like their game. Yeah. They had that. The Lakers actually had more of that, I think, in the series against the Warriors. Where, totally. like you had the Lonnie Walker game. You had the Lonnie Austin Walker Reeve. in the fourth quarter. I know. Exactly. And like fourth D-Lo quarter, too. Game four. That was pretty cool. That's, yeah, he's gonna have to frame a whole bunch of things from that game, but yeah, yeah. So I think I think the Lakers made um, marginal improvements to their bench, and they, you know, still maintained the I would say the three most important players that they had last off season. Um, and so I don't see any reason why they don't have just as good of a shot this year. And I don't think LeBron is aging so precipitously that like him being a year older is gonna make or break them. I think what they need is they need. Anthony Davis to be like the player who was in the Warriors series in the Western Conference Finals. All right. Well, it's time for us to take one more break and we're going to come back with the rapid fire round of questioning right after this. You need a vehicle that can meet your family's needs and Toyota has you covered. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander never makes you choose between passengers and cargo. You can fit both with ease. With three spacious rows and available seating for up to eight, and legroom that makes even long trips comfortable. With Grand Highlander's available 362 horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, you can be confident you have the power, acceleration, and efficiency needed for almost any adventure your family can cook up. And you'll get where you're going in style with a modern, spacious cabin that's perfect for both playdates and date nights. 
Impressive tech upgrades take the new Grand Highlander to the next level, including available safety features like an available panoramic view mirror and an available 12.3-inch multi-information display, so you always arrive on time. Don't just live life. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. And we're back. <laughs> oh, Claire. Oh, Claire, Claire, you really stepped in at this time. Wow. You are now in the firmly in the find out phase of being a guest on this podcast because oh, it is no. time for the rapid fire round of questioning. This is the fastest Ugh. question and answer segment in all of sports podcasting history. Okay. God, I've trained all my life for this moment. I'm a, for New Yorker. a moment like we this. We know okay. we're going to chest pass you a question. You just send it right back. Put right. your New York hat on, take your Minnesota hat off. Yeah, it's exactly. Just, yeah, exactly. I'm walking here. Just I'm walking in. Walk Be thinking I'm hey. walking here. That's the kind of energy Victor, we need. I'm walking in. There you <laughs> go. All right. All so right. here we go. Uh, and also, if one of us start talking, you have to cut us off and keep this segment going because we do want to maintain our status as a very fast-paced segment. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, like we're not really good at being fast, so no, we but, just really lean on you. Yes. Yeah. I'll like true men. Yeah. yeah. We're going to rely on a uh, labor of a woman to help us achieve what we need to. Uh, <laughs> That's never so, happened before. <laughs> here we go. Brian, start the clock. Uh, you want to go first? It's already slow. <laughs> whoa. Sorry. Whoa, I got to get easy, myself easy. pumped up. Hold on. <laughs> we're just, we're, we're getting in the blocks. Okay. Hold oh, on. Yeah. You're like, here we go. Wait, hold on. Uh, Who's asking the first question? Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, you, you want me to go or you want to go? Um, who went last time? Did I ask that first question? I forget. Mm. Here, I'll go this time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Th- but ready. remember, All for right. the next episode, I'm going to go first, though. Okay. All That's right. how we'll, we'll remember. Because okay. uh, that'll be an even day. And Exactly. Okay. Cool. Uh, all right. Claire, ESPN recently decided to rework their NBA crew with Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson being let go after covering 15 NBA finals alongside Mike Breen. What is your dream in-game commentary team? Oh, uh, I mean, uh, Doris and Mark Jones, who's already an in-game commentary team, but just give, bring them up. Mm, okay. Okay. Any wild cards? Like people that you would are oh, not people that even... aren't currently on ESPN? Just, if, if you could just say, I want to hear these three people go off and give me my in-game for your maximum entertainment, who are those people? Um, Shea Serrano. Uh, yeah. yeah. Me. Okay. Okay. There you go. Uh, that was one of our last guest answers also yeah. uh i don't know i fail at this game <laughs> <laughs> oh clay thompson oh that would be fun yeah he's with, so funny with or without he's the captain's so... hat with the captain's hat okay all right yeah. all right good good to know good to know um here we go claire what is your absolutely most bold prediction for the upcoming NBA season. Like, I want you to swing for the just the, the pavilion at Dodger Stadium. The word bold is both bolded and in all caps yeah. and italicized if that's helpful. And, and highlighted. 
Um, the bold. italics are from how fast the word is moving. Like, put your reputation on the line with something so bold. <laughs> and it can be funny. Don't worry. Nobody's going to hold you to this. No, I know. It is hard when you're coming on, off the letters, too. Yeah. When you're on, yeah. when you're on the spot, it is harder. That's just um, making a most, noise like, pew! My most bold Sorry, that wasn't good. <laughs> prediction. Uh, Whoosh. Female That's head better. coach. Oh, okay. coming in this season. Okay, okay. this season. Yeah. All right. Why okay. not? Yeah. Boom. Boom. Not funny. Just true. <laughs> yeah. Just no, true. That's Let's bold. do it. I like that. Needed. All right. I'm giving you an option here. Okay. Which offseason move will actually have the greatest impact, or which team will have the biggest win change increase or decrease? Pick You're one. not allowed to say the 76ers because that's mean. Uh, that's mean, and I don't know if my heart can take it. Like medically. Oh, maybe this should have been my hottest take. Um, I think when the Miami Heat get, get Damian Lillard, because I think they will get Damian Lillard, when they get him, I think they could win the championship next year, and I think they will. Let's just say it. I think the Miami Heat are going to win the wow. championship next year with Damian Lillard. Wow. Hot take. Fuego. Now, now what Ooh, is it about Damian fun. Lillard exactly <laughs> that has you saying that? Um, I think Dame's a winner. I think he's a winner who's been in a non-winning scenario, and I think that the Miami Heat are the perfect team for him because I think he does. He's a Heat player. He's much like Jimmy Butler was a Heat player playing for non-Heat franchises. Right. I think Damian Lillard is the same. I think. Okay, he's... more on that later, Claire. We have to keep this segment going. <laughs> oh God, but sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. To... No, I'm sorry. and it's not your fault. You, it's actually you ours. You explicitly told me to be faster. Um, I'm sorry. But what's the best NBA city in terms of food choices? And what's your go-to meal when you're in that NBA city? Ooh, I mean, New Orleans is the best wow, U.S. city in terms of food choices. Two in a choices. row. Yeah, okay. And um, when you're there, what are you eating? I mean, literally just like anything. And food in New Orleans is so freaking good. I, I know that's a cop-out, but just eat anything. anything and it's good. You could eat like like cheap street food. You could eat fancy fine dining. Like food in New Commander's Orleans Commander's Palace incredible. kind of thing or maybe... I would say seafood of some kind and something lettuce? extremely spicy. Something that's going to like... Light your mouth on fire. Okay. Mm. Fried pickles, too. Also, but I feel like fried pickles are everywhere when I go down there, and I can't stop eating them. Um, <laughs> Whose fault is this? Oh, it's ours. Jack, next question. Uh, finally, the most important question of the night. Uh, <laughs> Jack or Miles? Uh, plead the fifth. Oh, that is unfortunately not allowed. You are yeah, in the court of law of the rapid fire uh, segment of questioning. You I'm going to the... go with the diehard Lakers fan, then. Come on! Thank you! <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. That's why I put my I Eddie it. Jones. That's why I put my Eddie Jones up. LA you know baby, I mean? I'm about to go to a Dodgers game right after this. Hey, you know what time it is? Okay, thank you I so much, Claire. You are one of the <laughs> wisest winners right we have. That was the saddest. <laughs> that was the saddest little thing. I, you were just like quietly, dejectedly to yourself. Like I also live in LA. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah, but wait, it. what the podcast audience can't see is that Miles's whole entire like setup, everything is LA all day, like. Lakers jersey, Dodgers hat, just he's really leaning in, and a mm. LeBron Lakers jersey. Oh, I mean, AD, he's got AD, it, he's got them all with, with the with the with the GG patch. You know what I mean? With the anyway, GG patch, like LeBron yeah. when he first came to Lakers, he was like, I don't think this guy's good. You're like, that oh, is that's true. All the that time is true. That is true. That's how much of a <laughs> yeah. Laker fan I was. I'm like, what's he gonna do for us? You yeah. know what I mean? That's that's true. Yeah, Casual. and then you go there and you're like, thank you. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Mickey Mouse championship sometimes. <laughs> okay, wow. All right, can I change my answer? Is it too late? <laughs> uh, but hey, make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm uh, at Miles of Gray. Jack, where are you at? I'm at Jack underscore O'Brien. Yeah, follow us. Uh, just hashtag Mad Boosties, B-O-O-S-T-I-E-S for show links, updates, and that. Uh, Claire, where can people find you and check you out, including your, your music and all that? Um, well, I'm also on Twitter uh, at Claire MPLS from my Minneapolis days, hey. and I write for The Guardian, so you can check out my writing about the NBA on The Guardian's website, and then I my music project is called Tiny Death, and I have a new single coming out um, August 25th, the end of this month. Dope. Hey. Well, we look we forward go. to that. Uh, Boosties listeners, please make sure you check that out, and... Uh, you know what? We're going to be back next week with another episode because that's what we do. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe Daryl Morey's so excited about the Tiny Death's uh, new drop that he just took his eye off the ball. He so posted maybe a picture on, all your on Twitter once with my vinyl like at the 76ers practice facility. Court. Wow. Whoa. Okay. I know. That's okay, my dog. Daryl. 
That's a love girl. Wow. Well, uh, another fantastic legendary guest with legendary connections. Me so much. Not not really. Yeah, you got to. You got to. Uh, But we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower, hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims. Hybrid max powertrain engine delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even available safety features like an available panoramic view mirror and an available 12.3-inch multi-information display, so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.